Welcome to the Gay Buddhist Forum, where teachers from all schools of Buddhism offer their perspectives on the Dharma and its application in modern times, especially for LGBTQI audiences. These talks are offered freely to the world and made possible by appreciative listeners. If you would like to support our efforts to share the Dharma with underserved audiences, please visit gaybuddhist.org. There you can donate, find a list of upcoming speakers, or enjoy many hundreds of these recorded talks dating back to 1996. speaker today is Stuart Zawatsky. Stuart is degreed from CIIS in Princeton. He has led the intermarriage Kundalini, Kundalini Bhakti Tantra for 40 years and chanted Sanskrit benedictions privately for Yanis Ranasevich, chair of the Underlying Nations of the World, and for Sri Sri Ravi Shankar in India. He is author of Advanced Spiritual Intimacy, endorsed by Robert Thurman and Ken Wilber, and received the only federal grant to bring meditation into a juvenile facility in, 1970, in 1977. He will lead Kirtan meditation and discuss spiritual bypass versus surpass. Welcome, Stuart. You, you catch me at a very emotional time in which it's very uh, easy for me to say that I feel very lucky to be here with all of you. I think we're all lucky to be here. I believe to talk about by spiritual bypass. How many people know that term? Some clinicians, <coughs> therapists, therapists are transpersonal therapists. So let me uh, explain a little bit about that word and why I uh, prefer the term surpass. Uh, bypass, spiritual bypass tends to mean <coughs> that we think we're higher than we are, basically. 
who's to decide that is a set. I think I'd have to make a little kibitz on the side that it's possibly your therapist. <laughs> Who decides if we have bypassed something or not? That question does not get asked when that term was invented, I think in the early 70s by people uh, who were dealing with the aftermath of LSD, particularly. How many people lived through the 60s? I think most all. So everybody pretty much knows some sense of how LSD gave you, a, within an hour, you were somewhere else. You didn't have to be in a room like this and practice anything. Whether it was the same state, they've been trying to sort it out ever since, the people who got interested in that phenomenon. But it changed psychology radically. Basically, a little story, the way to describe it is there was no God in Freudian in ordinary psych psychotherapy. So when uh, in the 60s, people probably down the road here in San Francisco were showing up and therapy offices saying, I saw God. And the trained clinician was, you're not to say it, but to think, guy's insane. <laughs> I think you're catching my drift. He, it's the groundwork was there to look at awakened states as a bypass because we had an atheistic, Freud himself said that the oceanic state was a regression and a delusion. So we have to look a little historically at this term. Why are we, we, two-thirds of you are new to the term. <clears throat> but I was asked to talk about it. Why? Is there, and you can take my word for it, a obsession in the graduate training of more or less spiritual therapists or people in general who meditate and now are asked to worry or be concerned about what are you bypassing? You can tell I'm not happy. I think it is. I've been in the field for 46 years, number one. I've been director of the oldest, what they call spiritual emergence service. Many people know what spiritual emergence refers to. It, it was part of that era of um, looking at psychotic experiences from a new lens, that it could be, like LSD, a glimpse of the divine in this body. And so uh, therapists were both being trained to poo-poo those states until a couple of them saw that their clients were happier than they were <laughs> and decided to try it for themselves and boom, 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 boom. They realized that they were poorly trained, to say the least, and that not only the psychology field, but our Western religions tended to prevent or re make highly unlikely uh, an enlightened uh, or a divine state either. So we came, come from a culture where it's very suspicious to think about attainment, very suspicious to, uh, in fact, the confessional is a, is a, a precursor to the therapy office, according to my, my favorite guy, Michel Foucault, if you know who he was, that, that this introspection to see what's wrong has been haunting the West for a long time, long time. I don't have to say much about gender in this room, but it has frickin' haunted the realm of gender for 5,000 years. Maybe more important to our 
fellowship is what I have tried to, um, uh, 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 it's the right word, teach and publish widely on, is I think our whole concept of gender is bogus. I think a lot of the suffering or coming out, all kinds of things around identity about gender are made up, if you look at it from other cultures and other eras, we have a sort and file concept of gender. It's a mystery, is what I've been writing about in great detail. But that's a little peripheral to our topic. But the medical profession in which psychology arose and, 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 and its struggle against religious teachings, which have their own battles, there's been a tremendous amount of self-doubt injected into our Western psyche. I think I have given you as negative of a sense of bypass <laughs> as anyone could, I think, because most people are into it. For a long time, I've been getting clients because I have this Kundalini clinic, as it's called. First people that got wind, psychiatrists said, that people are really getting awakened and we're hospitalizing them. Bad. So this was Lee Sonella, it's probably a name not well known, my, my predecessor. Psychiatrist from Yale. This is, this is Surpass. This is where I can switch to Surpass. And I talk about two people. First, I want to just pay tribute to Lee Sonella, psychiatrist in the 70s, who was around Swami Muktananda, if you know this guy. Was, people were getting enlightened, or whatever you want to call it, just by being in his presence. Massively. He was a one-person shockwave in which we are now part of in the Buddhist tradition in this room. Went to Yale, got a medical degree, and saw these things happening around Muktananda, said, I, I have to change. I, I have to, uh, 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 we're hospitalizing people that should be respected. This is not good. I sound like Donald Trump. <laughs> um, what I mean is, yeah, there's a, a medical lens that's been looking at attainment and not grappling with the challenges of the attainment. Forget about the bypass. Let's assume that there's bypass. But what happens if we reframe and just call it surpass? Same issues, let's pretend, let's believe. But instead of casting them as bypass, which induces doubt, what am I bypassing? Let's, what if they have a, a frame of reference of, which is, presumes growth? That we're constantly surpassing or having a chance, an opportunity to surpass where we just were a moment ago. So not the state of mind, what did I bypass? It's what, is, what am I growing into? And it's not that easy, it turns out. This is where I'm baffled. I've been giving talks like this for 30 or 40 years all, all over the place. In, 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 in India, I had 40 countries worth of people, 400 people. Dalai Lama's office was involved. Sri Sri Ravi Shankar was involved. The biggest guru in India. Anyone I got, Robert Thurman, anyone I wanted. Jack Cornfield. Uh, Stan Groff, you name it. They, that we had, we had gurus lined up. But, and, and I say that, maybe I'll make a reference to my own surpass. 
is I have, you don't know me. How many people have ever heard my name before? There's ones. Yeah. And yet my credentials are excessive. I have written the only text about suicidality from a Buddhist perspective. You know, I've written a lot about admiration, about lifelong love. But I've also spent a long time, a horrible amount of time, you could call it, with suicidal people. I know it inside out. It's not fun, but I know it inside out. You don't know me. I'm, I know very few of the teachers out there can have that kind of a resume. Surpass, bequested my version of surpass, is humility. I didn't buy any advertising. My friends, colleagues, bought a lot of advertising. I was a trained old school, Ivy League. You go by the merit of your ideas. Not so good in a marketplace of spirituality. Bypass had to do also with the spiritual marketplace of people making inflated claims in order to uh, uh, make money, fame money. The same people that may promote the concept of bypass can make a lot of money off of that concept. I am not having any problem in looking at the shadow, the dark shadow, dark. Everybody has to make a living, but they should look at it. Billable hours, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of it. I'm a fan of that which helps people grow. And so I find myself aging towards my retirement where I publish widely. I have credentials and I'm unknown. I encourage you not to follow in my footsteps. <laughs> I encourage you to take yourself very seriously, whatever, where, whatever you're doing, and make this frickin' world a better place. <coughs> and don't worry about bypass so much. It is insidious. Take my word for it. I'm glad so many people don't know. You don't need. You, you can check it out. But I hope you will take my voice uh, uh, as you look at it. Because there won't be other voices like mine. They are all on the bandwagon, believe me. So, spiritual surpass is the challenge that what if you do grow, then what's going to happen to you? What if you get a little more confidence than before the last moment? Not a simple thing to grow. Yeah, look at what's wrong. You won't go very far. You'll undermine that burst of energy that comes when you grow. If I can use that word, grow. You have a burst of energy. Wow, you're not encumbered like a moment ago. Wow, wow, I'm not encumbered like I was. Now what? Well, one thing is look around. There's a lot of encumbered folk. Maybe you want to help. Could be help your neighbor. doesn't have to be big, small. But what I'm saying is that confidence where you feel you could do make something better, that is existential, not surpass. That is what the big people have been, in my opinion, the big people have been thinking about, not the shallow people who gave us bypass. I don't want you to undermine yourself when you feel something happening. What am I missing? What didn't I look at my personality about? What about my childhood issues that I didn't look at? And there's a different way to look at your childhood issues than what was wrong. 
there is a huge saga in all of our parents' lives that we don't have a frickin' clue if what they were up against if we're not even looking. What were they up against if you had a bad childhood? If you had a good childhood, likewise, really. But the Freudian model, like what went wrong? The schizophrenogenic mother. There are concepts I'm glad you don't know about. It's a minefield of undermining. So uh, uh, what am I saying? Is yeah, you're, uh, you can uh, ways of looking at it that, and also with surpass in mind about parents trying as hard. Everybody, cut us a break, Freud. <laughs> so surpass. So what I'm trying to convey to you ultimately is uh, uh, go for it, you know. And then when you f- feel that you're doing more than you thought you could, get some help if you don't know. Or, or don't look at what you bypassed. Look at that it's hard. It's hard enough to open a, a, a little uh, your business or to, or to make a commitment to another person you love. If you want to. It's a hard thing to do, to even tell somebody you love them. We're so shy. There's a million ways we live less. That's why I said I open my I'll tell you. There's two two people. Because I told you about Lisa Nella, a brilliant man who risked his Yale degree to look to make this kind of step forward to keep people out of mental hospitals. <clears throat> Surpass. But lucky to be here. That's how I started. We've surpassed ourselves that we're here. How many people know people that have died, that shouldn't have died so early? Yeah. In this room? Yeah. We're lucky to be here. I don't want surpass, bypass. You're here. You've surpassed. I'll tell you now. You never have to wear these things. It says, I hate heroin. Give it back. I hate just to be here is a privilege. There is absolutely no ground, in my opinion, for much about bypass. I could give a very intellectual talk about bypass and surpass, but I can't today. Stepdaughter. <clears throat> it's horrific out there. We don't have time for bypass trivialities. We have to feel that we can are surpassing where we were, and then it becomes challenging to go forward in this world, to make a change, to make things better. It's narcissistic to be obsessed with one's little bypass. I could not say enough because I've seen many clients that have come to me and they're worried about it because I've my reputation in this field of, of spiritual psychology. I say, forget about it. What do you want to do with your life? 
Let's talk about those difficulties of surpassing yourself, of telling one person you love them. What a beautiful face this man is. What's your name? Joe. Joe, do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Look at how, you can't even see him, but you know his face. You have a tremendously kind face. Am I right? How did you is that who you are? Is yeah. that, well, you don't have to say that. I'm not sure. That would be a surpass, as you'd say, I am like that. And it would be a shy humility, but pride. Yeah. That ability to own, own, not, oh, how could he be saying that? He must be projecting and that kind of doubt. No. So I can say whatever I want. And I look, your, my eyes landed on you. I know Michael for 25 or 30 years. You stood by me, Mike. I had a hell of a time last year. I was undermined from very close quarters for a whole year. And what I accomplished, I thank God that I was able to surpass everything around me. I won't tell you any more about it, but Michael knows. It took a year, and we completed that thing. And that one person involved was spared horrors horrors of jails, threats. You don't, get, you don't get to say that and then go to a police station. That's all I will say about that. But I, uh, what I wanted to get back to, yeah, is that we're lucky to be here. It's a privilege to be here. We should be charged up. We should worry about how hard it is to make success. And now I want to pay tribute to one other person. Do I have like five minutes or something? No, no, that's the, the water. Oh, it's not. <laughs> How much time do I have? Uh, you have, let's see. Um, oh, no, you have about at least 20 minutes. Great, 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 great. Because I want to tell uh, a, a, a story. Yeah, I, I was saying, yeah, that uh, as a, you, I could give a very intellectual talk, which I usually do, about the theory of bypass and surpass and all that. I've written on it. You can read my publication on it. Uh, which I might as well mention Meher Baba. How many people know the name Meher Baba? Great, as more people know. Meher Baba uh, got kissed by a saint. He was a young guy, I think he was 19 or something years old. This old, old woman, she was like 90 or 100 something years old. Somehow she said, oh, come here, kisses him on the forehead. The next six, nine months, I think it is, he ate basically nothing. There are powers in this world that we are hard to fathom. He was uh, completely in some surpassed state. Everybody was freaked out around him. Eventually he came down. He spent 25 years in his mission after that experience, wandering around in India, helping what we would call schizophrenic people. They were called must in uh, Persian, God intoxicated, but it's all garbled. It's definitely can be. It's not all, and that's what why he was helping them because he got so elevated. So that's my main publication: is Mayor Baba and something about love, the uh, love centric therapy. So that's that reference. But I want to come a little closer to our group because it's a Buddhist group, correct? And I believe you. Uh, Follow. We, I, we, Buddha uh, was an amazing. He he had the same problem that I at least one element of it. You know, I say we're lucky to be here. 
I see your face. I see your faces. We're lucky to be here. That's what happened to the poor Buddha. He saw, as you know, this story. He saw the corpse. He saw the dying person. And he said, "Got it. We're lucky to be here." Go away anytime. My stepdaughter was 25. I saw her in June in New York City with my partner who was here with me the last time, if you remember, the only female in the room. The mom. She was going to come home. If you're living in New York City, she was struggling with, with the heroin. But we were, everything seemed good. The day before she was to get on the plane, six hours before she was to get on the plane, fentanyl. How many know the term fentanyl? A lot more people could they bypass because the, the fentanyl is really bad. Fentanyl is a tranquilizer that is related to, it's used to cut heroin, except it's 50 to 100 times more powerful. Didn't have a chance. Didn't have a chance. So that's private or personal. So there's, there's plenty of bad causes out there to, to end. That's what I'm bringing it back to our, our, my, from the personal to the general. Is there's bad stuff out there. There, there, whether it's heroin and fentanyl or racism or sexism or you name it, or poverty, or people who need an ear for a little while to talk with them, or somebody needs to be told they're beautiful or they're, they're, they're noble. I wish I knew you better. That's what I really like to do. I like to be able to give a give, give an attribute that I really appreciate about people. I don't like to waste time. I, I believe the best use of time is to appreciate people. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you for being here. You're very, very welcome. So that's the gist of it, is, is an inspirational talk to, yeah, forget about bypass, to feel what happens if you take a hold of something bigger. And it could be smaller, bigger, like a compliment, like changing the subject to tell somebody, Jonah? Is that your name? Mike. Mike, sorry, who's Jonah? Oh, I'm trying to remember people's names. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, you know, to try to, yeah. Uh, step up a little bit in different ways and don't not have less doubt and then when you feel oh, oh I'm surpassing what are those issues about and go for it and get help think about it and, and be very watchful of, of, over self doubt and uh, what it, what's from my past that's preventing me it's much more like uh, what's in my past that would inspire me and rethinking childhood parents all of that I'd have to read my books about that. It's just too many topics. 
because that's what happened to me. I started surpassing massively, I thought, I think, like a lot of people. It's not that uh, unique. And everything needed changing. And I started getting way over my head. Yeah. But I'll tell you about somebody who went way over all of our heads. Tik Kwang Duk. Is that name known? Tik Kwang Duk? Vietnamese. Yeah, exactly. What is your name? Jim. Jim, pleasure to meet you. And thank you for knowing that. Do you have a, just a little bit about how you happen to know that? Well, I think he was very instrumental in getting the peace accords in Vietnam. It was Kissinger. Yeah. And he was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make a note. Tuk Quang Duc was the Vietnamese monk in the early 60s, who everyone, I suspect, will know by the image of his last hour of life that were, was immortalized by a New York Times photographer who just happened to kind of be there. And um, it was a little bit of an announcement in the Saigon where this took place, there would be an event and newspaper people should come. And eh, they heard this, and only a couple came. But one of them was his Halberstram, famous photographer. Uh, the image is of a monk just sitting the way we were, like this, doused with gasoline, Flames five feet up in the air, protesting the mistreatment of Buddhists Buddhist in his country by the Chinese communists. But the part of the story that I have to tell you more about the surpass, that in itself is outlandish surpass. It's happening all the time regularly in Tibet. Self-immolation is a tradition. My friend Bob Thurman, he can't stop it. He doesn't like it. It's happening. It's a tradition. It's a crucifixion. You can't stop Jesus from doing it. Sometimes these beings, they've just about transcended the life and the death. And they know others haven't. The only way to get attention in this world and this has obviously been going on a long time. It takes a lot to get attention of people. So obviously was suffering and suffering, and he made up his mind. He was going to sacrifice himself on this day in the square, and they announced it. And this is the point. This is the kicker. <coughs> He was yeah, one of the elders or the elder in his uh, group, his satsang. Imagine this. Are you an elder? Could be. <laughs> yeah, any of us are elders in different situations. You could be 10 years old if you're an elder to a six-year-old. It's a, it's a situation of surpass. You could know more than somebody less this, that, whatever it is. And you know that you know that and you have to do something about it. That's my, that's what I think was called integrity. You speak up in the best way you can 
to make use of the time for the better, right? So uh, surpass comes quickly to leadership or responsibility. You're surpassing what? Yourself and maybe others with what you see. What are you going to do about it? The monk, he could, he was in his tradition, he found he, he, he was going to do that. But this is what happened. A younger, a younger monk said, I'll do it. And Quagduk said, no, I'm the senior monk. What is that moment like? To have to stand on the, your, your surpass, your elderhood. It could be a eight-year-old with a five-year-old. I'm not elevating it to special places. It could be in your relationship with your parents, with your worker, you know, where you say, I will do it. I, I think I know. I look around. I'm, I know. Please follow. And take shit. Maybe. It doesn't have to be that you will burn yourself. There are many prices that we pay to surpass, to live according to surpass. There's no price you pay for bypass. You just pay the therapist and you get a self-gratified introspection that you're working on something about yourself that could better be worked on in the context of surpass. You want to be more patient, you're too angry, what are your shadow issues, in the context of what? They, they stopped asking that question in my field of psychology. It became an end in itself to just keep looking. I could go on and on, believe me, about that. I've written massively. Presidents of countries, that's the only way I can quit. Dronovšek invited me there to Slovenia. was that chair of Unaligned Nations of the World because I wrote about forgiveness. He was in charge of reuniting the uh, Slovenian and Yugoslavian population after the war in Bosnia. I couldn't believe it. They hid it from me. I, w I landed there. I didn't know what was the heck going on. I'd written this book. It was big on forgiveness. And I'm taken in this big... Uh, 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 I'm taken into the woods and uh, driven in Slovenia. We come to a power gate or the blockhouse. What the heck? It was after 9-11. I thought I was being kidnapped. The gates open. A big Mercedes tracks us into the forest further. I see this guy with this big head and a huge dog. And I'm going, what the hell is going on here? So they follow, I, I go in and he says, I am the president of this country. I chanted mantras over him. He had cancer. The president of that country lay on the ground while I chanted over him. I don't like making money off of these stories. These are, being, these are events. The only reason I tell you is to inspire that, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you have done that you may not have told, there's stuff that I want to share because you, you look, this is all you see. It's constantly surpass and make a huge difference. <laughs>
And so I come back to that moment because that we don't have to pay a price to Quan Duc did, which is he says, no, I will do it. How do you say that to yourself? And in his case, I think he knew he could do it. I think he knew that he could immolate. He could be doused with gasoline. So it was not uh, uh, a bravado or a kind of a, a sacrificial thing purely. He knew he could do it. And I don't think, he, I think he may have known, I don't know who could say, that this younger monk might not have been able to do it. It's not easy. None of what I'm saying, but this is a dramatic example. He didn't move. That part is rarely described. He's doused with, he's on fire, <coughs> sitting like this, like we were. But he's on fire and he's not moving. How do you not move? A lot of people, when that happens, they try. You see them, they're running down the streets trying to get the, they're on, on fire. He didn't move. Surpass. He knew he could do it, but he never did it before. So that's our situation, surpass. We think we know we could, maybe we will, it should be done, it's important, whether it's to say that you think somebody is hot or you think somebody is listening very deeply or you think somebody is pondering what you're saying and you appreciate it. Were you here last time, Clint? Last time what? I was here. Um, I don't remember. Not sure, because your name and face looks familiar. So I, my name, so must, you must have met. I must have. So I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to surpass myself in, in micro ways right, right here. There's a million ways we can try to surpass and do the thing that starts feeling like the more real, the more kind, or sometimes it's a gigantic thing. One more point about the monk. Unfrickin' believable. Not only did he know he could do it, I believe, and he may have thought the younger monk couldn't, and he said, I, I, I shall do it. And he believed he could do something he'd never done before, but he believed by his meditation that he had attained, that this is a consciousness that is eternal, that will evaporate, the body will fall apart, the heart will someday and the, something in, of our essential nature that we live our experience from is going to keep experiencing. The, a great mystery Buddha said very little about it. At least some stories about him say that he said very little about it. But when... That changed everything, that photo. JFK saw it, called it, Bobby Kennedy said, what, everything's different now. It's over. We can't just fiddle and go, 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 you know, go as usual. And it did. It had a huge effect. It became a, a rallying point with some other photos that were taken of no more war. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no more war. That was a big deal. Things, how many protested a war? Yeah. Yeah, 
We used, to, we used to protest wars and close things down in the 60s. We had power. We, we youth, I think of youth culture, the, the, the collegiate culture had power. They've been de demoralized and, and capitalistically eyes, all kinds of things. This doesn't happen anymore. But that was what got part of what got catalyzed by that month. The huge waves and other things that happened of, of we don't want this. It doesn't have to be. And, and, and I'll tell you one more interesting thing before I tell you that I'll tell you now. To Quine and Duck's heart after that immolation which went on I think for some time did not burn. You try putting a, a hot pot roast in an oven and tell me if the middle of the pot roast stays raw when it's scar, uh, uh, what's the word, charred. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. But somehow that happened for him. I'll t t give you one other an interesting reference. A book called Mary's Mosaic. Anyone heard of it? Very fascinating. It was by a, a college mate of mine. Controversial, but I think it deserves our attention. It makes many claims, but the one that I'm most interested in is JFK. Uh, same era, you know, he was only president for what, three years? That he was, um, had a, some girlfriends, as we found out, mm -hmm. Marilyn Monroe, stuff like that. This one gal, um, Mary Pinchot Mayer, was spring, he was she was a, a buddy of uh, Tim Leary. I, they, everybody know Tim Leary? Anybody know? <laughs> Tim Leary was, was surpassing. Maybe he surpassed too much himself. <laughs> but he tried, you know. He tried. He thought if everybody did enough LSD, the thing would be over. You, you can sit for a long time. There wasn't many, much sitting going on back in the 60s. This was an advanced stage of this process of that it's possible to be so awake to what's going on and then fired up and change the world. That's what I'm saying. Um, but Mary, the story is that Mary Mayer was springing LSD into the White House and giving it to JFK, and they were having experiences. She was murdered. Nobody knows. Uh, it, was, it was a setup of who, who had claimed uh, some years after JFK was murdered. That's what the book is mainly about. Is, is how she was. Uh, it was a setup of who was supposed to have killed her, left vague. But what's really eerie is that JFK is. This is for sure known. Is that several weeks before he was assassinated. He did write a memo in which he was saying, uh, the bottom line, it's over. We're getting out of Vietnam. Yeah. That was my generation's war that uh, it made us feel bad. Made us feel bad about our country, about patriotism, that it was, it was not good out there. You know, coming into of age, that was the Vietnam War. This other stuff now, I'm sure there are ways of looking at it. It's 
It's horrible, horrible things going on. But the story in the book was, yeah, he had seen the light, and he was freaking president. He was he had surpassed. He was up at the peck order, right? He could do something about it. All the hippies could march and and, and have Grateful Dead concerts and Woodstock and all these kind of things. But what do you do if you happen to be high as a, 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 a like that? You've broken through, and you see that. Uh, 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 the, the massive sense of war is necessary that's going on is not like, oh, how are we going to bridge the gap? Oh, my God. You know, Trump wants more, you know, wars. And people love that. There are 90 generals on his side. All of that. And if and you really tune in, they can't believe that, it, that, it, that the other side won't kill you if you put down your weapon. It's insane. And they might be right. I don't doubt them. How many are veterans of the military? Yeah, if you've been in combat? Well, I'm a Vietnam veteran. I was in the Navy. I was off the coast of Vietnam. I saw bombing drive up in Durham, Baltimore. You know that it happens. Well, I saw it from the helicopter flight deck. You couldn't stop it, could you? No. Nobody could stop it. But who would want to stop it? But if you're president of the United States... You can stop it. All these helicopter guys, Scott Cummings, I mentioned my closest high school friend, Frank Capuana. He could stop it. So the story that I share is, yes, surpass. He got way like we're all trying to get, sitting but he got it apparently through this LSD. He said, it's, I can do it, and writes a memo. Within some days later, he's, he's gone. He's too dangerous. He's too dangerous to the, to the cynicism that our world is. And I, can, I, I see their point. He looks like a, a crazy, idealistic upstart who's naively going to disarm. How the hell are you going to actually do that? Disarming. Well, you've got guys on boats that are, you know, that who, what about one more shot at that boat you're on? How are you going to de deal with that de-escalating de of a war? It's not so simple as JFK was going to mandate. So let me come back again. We probably just have a little bit of time. Yes. Is to um, bring it back that, yeah, we should at least try. We shouldn't undermine with bypass. We should at least try to telescope it back to our own individual lives. Excuse me. I, I still don't understand what, what bypass means in your terminology. My understanding of the word is you go around something rather than through it. Correct. But, uh, you're presented in, in a negative light. I don't understand. Right, 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 right. It's a good point. It's not 100% a troubling concept. But yeah, if you're starting to feel uh, love for people, or it, it could be any positive thing that's starting to happen. Because bypass is always, in this sense, is always used when uh, you're having some kind of growth. And, and this could be the sense of intimacy with another person. You feel you're getting closer to that person. I see your eyes more. I feel you more. I look, I see emotion in you. 
So compared to this, I'm making progress with you, right? And then in that, then I, then my bypass, the way it's used is, oh, uh, what do I want, what am I not looking at that I want from that person? Uh, oh, um, am I trying to impress him? Oh, I, I bypassed my, all those ego issues about that's what I'm really doing. I bypassed the work I should have done on myself. Now all my energy is going over there because I don't want to bypass that I might not really be making really the contact with you that I thought I was making, that felt sincere. And the therapist would, you come in. You sit like this in the old days, in the psychoanalytic clinician. First thing is, what are you hiding? You don't feel good about your penis? <laughs> and I kid you not, and now it's funny, but, this, but it's just a, a reiterated itself into subtler levels of what are you hiding? The analytic profession is based, it, it was a hermeneutic of suspicion, as one of my critics would call it. It was, yeah, I look, I'm not, it, it, yeah, it's, yeah, if I, what am you bypassing? I could have, uh, I don't know. But that's the way I'm using it, is it's a moment in which progress is happening on any d dimension we would choose. I'm using my contact with you. And then the self, the, the doubt is, what am I bypassing? And now I'm over here dealing with that. Rather than, oh my God, maybe I'm having more contact with you than I thought. Maybe you love me more than I thought. Maybe I need to know you better than I thought. That is surpass questioning. Bypass questioning is what? A, yeah, what? What did I? What am I? Don't have enough of that I should really be taking a look at. Now I'm over here. Does that make sense? Thanks for asking the question because that's what I really wanted to ultimately come back to, is you know the nitty gritty in, in the close quarters. Are we about there? We are. Let, let me just make well, 30 seconds, of, Please. since I brought this. Please. This I found, I've got a brand new one of these. This is, I've had this for a long time. But it sounds better. <laughs> like, it's like these are, uh, rock musicians, their guitars are all beat up. So I just want to play, play this for a little bit, because it makes a very interesting meditative sound. And you can, you don't have to move around.
Thank you very much. Thank you for your very inspiring talk, and especially thank you for your generosity and your kindness to be here with us on a very difficult time. We really appreciate you sharing your morning with us. Okay. Let's see. So next week we have Joe Good. <laughs> the beautiful person here. He'll be speaking next week. <laughs> Joe is the artistic director of the Joe Good Performance Group and a professor in the Department of Theater, Dance, and Performance Studies at UC Berkeley. He has had a meditation practice since 1979 and has incorporated Buddhist principles and meditation practices into his chore choreographic works. His work blends theater, dance, and spoken word to focus on the fallibility and imperfection of being human, believing that the creative impulse is a step toward the alleviation of being human. That's next week. Come to see Joe. And as always, uh, we'll be passing around a Donna bowl. The Donna, Donna is a word for uh, giving, and it covers our rent, our newsletter, the wonderful work that we do with the Larkin Street Dinners, and all the mailers, and what we pay for our speakers. So uh, the, suge the suggested donation is $10, but please give what you freely can. It's always um, greatly appreciated. And if I may, let's see our host today. Yes, I'm the host today. Uh, welcome. Stuart, I just wanted to um, clarify, I misunderstood the name, Rigato, who I, was the diplomat I was saying to him, so I will recall a picture of it, I'll give him a later month, but I did not in fact And I don't want to get credit for <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. Integrity. <laughs> Are there any other announcements? Well, well, you mentioned the large history, um, most people know what it is, but for those who don't, once a month, we do a dinner at the Larkin Street Youth Center, which is a homeless shelter for the youth. We try to give a special dinner, but that they normally don't have a chance to get. So we do the third Saturday every month. Um, and I'm asking if you're interested in participating, helping to prepare the meal, um, please contact me outside. I think the people that get involved in it find it a worthy, actually enjoyable experience. Joe will be trying to face mine. Yeah, verify that. You know, it's fantastic experience. Michael. I, I just want to remind everybody that our annual retreat is coming up in a little less than three weeks. Uh, it's Friday, September 30th through Sunday, October the 2nd. I think we're hovering around 30 people registered, 29, so we have space for four or five more people. Um, it's a great opportunity to appreciate one another. Um, so there are flyers out, uh, I think, on both tables out there, and feel free to <coughs> ask, ask either Jerry Jones or myself about the retreat. And, and, uh, and what is the theme this year? Uh, the theme is spiritual friends on the Eightfold Path. 
and, and David Lewis is our teacher. Great. Thank you. Anyone else? Hi, I'm a coordinator host, and uh, we could use uh, one or two more people to either occasionally or regularly serve as hosts of the group. Um, a not very onerous way to be of service to Sandra, and um, so if anybody's willing to do that occasionally, please see me during the session. And also to the gentlemen who are here for the first time, can you raise your hands just one more time? Please join us for this uh, social hour, and if you all just make them welcome, that'd be great. And if you will, let's stand for the vindication of merit. <laughs> By the power and truth of this practice, may all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. May all be free from sorrow and the causes of sorrow. May all never be separated from the sacred happiness which is without sorrow. And may all live in equanimity without too much attachment or too much aversion, believing in the equality of all that lives. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Gay Buddhist Forum. If you would like to hear several new talks per month and be notified of upcoming speakers so you can participate live, please subscribe to this podcast, like us on Facebook, and join our mailing list by visiting gaybuddhist.org.